The Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. I woke up, half drunk again, with my clothes in a pile on a stranger's floor. And I swore that I'd grow up this year, but instead I just keep flirting with my demons and fears. And I found no inspiration at the bottom of a box. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for stopping by the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Thank you, thank you to all of our amazing listeners, and as always, thank you to our sponsors. Remember to check out our free downloadable daily creative exercises on our website, theabstractathlete.com. It also gives information on upcoming events and workshops. Don't forget to follow us on all of the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have a ton of really great podcasts coming up. Today, we are really thrilled to be able to talk with Kristen Holmes former U.S. national field hockey player, national championship coach of field hockey at Princeton, and vice president of performance for WHOOP. And if you do not know what WHOOP is, you need to go check them out at WHOOP.com. We're going to chat a little little bit about her past as a player and a coach and the work she is doing with WHOOP. And I really do believe this is something that could be culture changing and actually is culture changing. Also, a cool little bonus is one of Kristen's former players at Princeton, Kristen Maida, and another player, uh, soccer player at Princeton, Darcy Hargoden, are in a band called Common Ground, and their music will be featured in today's podcast. You can find them on iTunes and Bandcamp, some really great music, go check them out. And with that, let's welcome Kristen Holmes. Anyways, well, thank you for doing this. Uh, I know you're like super busy, and it's been um, a little crazy, yeah. I'm sure. No, I like so you, you know, like we always like to to get into the who is the you. So, um, yeah. like, because you have a like a really cool background in terms of your playing um, field hockey and basketball, correct? Yes. And then like you coached like your national championship coach. So like, why don't we just start there and we'll get into it. Like, obviously we want to talk about HRV and whoop and, and what you're doing and like what it is, you know, like for people that don't know what it is, I think it's always important to like, but yeah. Who is Kristen Holmes? Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess my, my real, I growing up, I've, I've always been, you know, pretty much obsessed with sports. So I, I played a lot in high school and, um, you know, carried that into college. I played uh, field hockey was my primary sport. Yeah. Uh, and I was recruited to play um, both field hockey and basketball um, at the University of Iowa. Um, started out my career just playing field hockey. And then I walked onto the basketball team uh, a little bit later into my career. But um, yeah, and, and made the U.S. national team um, my sophomore year in college. So I was traveling a, a fair lot. amount during yeah. college. Yeah, because we had, you know, we we had a couple really big um, events, you know, World Cups and Olympics, um, you know, kind of during my collegiate career. So um, I took a year off to train for the Olympics. So I, I graduated in in four years, but it kind of took me 
five um, to, to finish. Um, it took me like 12. So, I... okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I, I keep, I kept playing on the U S team after college and, and that's where I really got into this kind of concept of performance science. So uh, I think that's where kind of my passion for really understanding kind of the psychophysiology of, of performance uh, really was, was born, you know, just trying to understand more clearly, you know, what does it really mean to perform at a high level? You know, if, if you're really thinking about your potential, you know, what, what actually goes into that, what influences that? And, you know, is there a way to direct our, our behaviors and our routines and our strategies in a way where, you know, high level sustained performance becomes, you know, less of a guess. Um, and then that's where I really got into, you know, the, the quantification of, of various aspects of, performance, particularly the ones that, you know, had always previously been more qualitative, you know, how do, how do I actually wrestle that to the ground in a way that can drive behavior and, and give real insight into, you know, what you're doing on a daily basis um, and how that might be influencing, you know, the outcomes. So that's and, kind of my early, that's where I started. And I think that that becomes like really interesting because, uh, you know, just thinking about when I was growing up playing sports, it's like you had to work hard and that was it. There was nothing about recovery involved in this. And I think finally, like, you know, I think I even, you know, like you think about like a Kobe Bryant, for instance, or, you know, like at the end of his career, obviously he got injured a lot. Um, but was he recovering enough? Like in comparison to like a LeBron James, who seems not that Kobe was not mindful, but like LeBron James seems to be very aware of the importance of of meditation, of like mindfulness of, I think he actually does, he, I believe he uses your, the whoop band. Does he not? Am I correct in that? He was, he was an early adopter. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like those things, like, I think it becomes like really interesting in, in, in comparison to God, you know, like only 20 years ago where coaches like are like, you must work all the time, all the time. And, and they don't talk about this, this resting and this recovery. Um, and so like, I do think that did you did you start adopting this while you were playing, or was uh, this? No, like... You know, I think I was more of the the age where yeah, work more is more. You know, like more is better. You know, yeah, whereas, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I think now you know more is 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 not always better, right? And and I think there's, you know, really I think as we started to kind of understand, you know, how what's actually happening internally when you overtrain, um, you know, from a physiological standpoint, and obviously the impact that has on the psych, you know, the psychological framework of an athlete, I think there, there just, there was just be more science around that. Right. And I think now the science is informing a lot of the practice, which is obviously what we yeah. want, but I think there was just a lack of science. So I think, you know, the, you know, conventional wisdom. All right. We're just going to work really, really hard and we're going to work harder than the rest. And- I still do that. I mean, I'm, I'm still an idiot. Like I know that there's days when I, like, I, I work out every day and, and I know that I should take a break and I, cause I know right. this, but it's just like, it's ingrained in me. Like, and it's, it's hard. I think when you're, when you're talking about, you know, the tip of the spear and the best, you know, athletes, you know, tactical professional collegiate, you know, it's, it's really, if you can think about it, from the lens of, you know, there's three factors of human performance. You have, you know, the genetic piece, right? That's kind of what you right. come to the table with. 
you have, you know, your skills and expertise, uh, which are, you know, nurtured through high end information coming from coaches and, you know, your kind of team around the team um, and all the work that you're putting into becoming the best possible athlete. And then that third factor of human performance, which is kind of what we're circling around is, you know, what, you know, what are those other factors that you can control for that are going to help you lever your genetics and your skills and expertise to the fullest, right? Right. And one of those things at a hundred percent is recovery behavior, right? How are we, what are we doing to proactively recover, right? And then how are we managing uh, the balance between load, right? Like our, you know, how much load we're applying volume and intensity, and then how does that relate to, you know, recovery and then fueling behavior, nutrition, you know, hydration, you know, all these other factors, right? So I think what you see in a LeBron, for example, is he's in, he's 100% doing everything he can to control for the third factor of, 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 of human performance, which is the lifestyle factor, right? Like that's, and ultimately that's what you can control. Um, and, and then that will really dictate how you can kind of, if you're able to leverage your genetics and your skills and expertise. So I think what we see with a lot of folks who overtrain or don't manage, um, the performance lifestyle, that third factor is they, they kind of get away with it because they've got loads of talent, right? And you see that all the time, right? You see that play out all the time, right? Where you, um, and, and, but I think the, the individuals who, you know, really sustain high levels of performance, like LeBron, like they are hundred percent leveraging their talent and their, their genetics. Right. And it's because they're controlling their performance lifestyle. Right. Right. And, and that's, I think the opportunity that, you know, when I talk to a lot of younger professional athletes who are, you know, kind of just starting out, I was like, listen, like you're never, you, I can promise you in 15 years, you're not going to say, I wish I partied more. <laughs> you're just, you're That's not true. That. It's like, you oh know? shit, why um, did I do that? Yeah. But what you will say is, I wish I slept more. I wish I thought about, you know, recovery and, and training in a more proactive way. I, you know, wish I drank, you know, more water than Kool-Aid. Like I, I wish I went to the trainer more often. Like, yep. you know, the, that's, that's the narrative, right? That, that happens. So. <laughs> And, and that's the opportunity, I think. For, right. And how, I mean, right. how is like, like in terms of, of the wearable, I guess we're going to the whoop area right now, but is in terms of the wearable, like obviously you're targeting like college athletes and professional athletes, but I mean, are you working down into high school? Because I assume that that's like a very big, I mean, does it go even further, like into middle schools and even elementary, like, or is there, yeah. I mean, it is all about you know, using data to kind of help under, help you understand how right. your behaviors are kind of helping these core metrics, you know, that we're, we're able to track and quantify. So, right. yeah, I mean, I, there's certainly a case for, um, you know, for, for starting out young um, in yeah, terms yeah. of really understanding the importance of sleep. And, and I think when you can measure something and, you know, uh, Peter Drucker, you know, famous, if you can't measure it, you, you, you know, it's hard to, to, you know, to understand, you know, to call you can't measure what you, you can't improve what you, what you don't measure. So I think that that stands to reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think our, our algorithms aren't trained on, um, folks who haven't hit pu- puberty. So. Right. You know, elementary school isn't really an option, but high school, you know, folks in general, you know, who their parents maybe get on the platform and then they get their, their kids into it. And, um, so we do have, uh, we don't target that market specifically yet, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we've got, every walk of life, you know, uh, using whoop. So, well, but I, sure. I do think, you know, athletes, 
you know, tend to gravitate to it initially. And then, um, but I, I think we're, we're definitely been able to make a case that, you know, this data is really essential for anyone who's interested in, you know, kind of really improving their, their life circumstances. Well, and I think that's a lot of the overlap of what we, we're, what you're doing, what we're doing is like, we are working with these specific groups, maybe more than others, but it, it is truly for everyone. Like this idea, it's like a human aspect. Like we all want to be well, we all want to live well. And, and how do I do that? Um, so I think it is, uh, you know, like again, that, that overlap, but so, okay. So you trained, did you get to the Olympics by the way? No. So I was first alternate. Um, oh. uh, for, I know, I know. And then when I was really established on the team, I was still quite young. Um, but yeah, I went all the way up to the village and yeah, I was, um, yeah, a little def- devastating. And then, um, when I was really established on the team a bit older, um, we actually didn't qualify. So oh, we, we lost to China and the Olympic right. qualifier. So yeah. Um, you know, so world cup, I guess was my highlight, um, That's as so an athlete cool. on the U S team. Yeah. Which was, it was in Holland and Utrecht and it was, um, you know, full, you know, stadiums full, full of folks. And it was really uh, quite an amazing atmosphere. So <laughs> yeah, I hang my head on that. And then, and then, so like you graduated from Iowa, you went to yep. graduate school and where yeah. You... So, yeah. So I, I took graduate courses at um, University of Iowa in, okay. in psychology and then started working with a company um, to grad to PhD students were starting a company um, kind of really trying it, kind of this performance education platform. And I, I started working with them. I was actually still playing on the national team at that at that point, And I was an assistant coach at the University of Iowa. So I was um, kind of coaching at that point and uh, and playing and and, yeah, yeah. and all doing school. So it was, um, quite a, yeah, it's pretty busy I mean, time. I think that that, like, again, like thinking of, of whoop and you like, cause you can tell that you're a very driven person, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, in just, yeah. even just in reading ab- about you and in, in talking to you, like, and that balance between what is good, you know, like healthy and what is not, I mean, I, like, again, yeah. I have that same problem, like of right. being yeah. a creative person, my mind never turns off. And it's like, how do I right. shut this thing off? Oh. And so like, I'm sure like, while you're in graduate school, you're still playing on the national team, you're being, you're an assistant coach, like that's just like, wow. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And, but you know what my saving grace was, and you're going to love this was a painting. I, I got into acrylics. Yeah. Um, and, um, and some charcoal. Iowa so. has a good art school. They have such a good art school. And I did actually, I took a lot of, in my undergraduate, I took a lot of courses. Um, yeah, I, I, I probably could have mine. I, and this just speaks to just me being, you know, everywhere I, I majored in political science, but I minored in anthropology and French, and I probably could have done like a theater arts in there too, but, um, oh, tu parles un petit peu. Very little. I lived, I lived over there for four months at a, at an art residency. It was absolutely oh. amazing. So. Moi aussi, j'habitais en France. Oh. Pour, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think, um, kind of quieting the brain is, is definitely a skill that you have to work at. You have to develop it. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to kind of think about that. But yeah, I, I learned early on that I, I like you, you know, I, I kind of needed to find ways to, to balance, um, yep my life out a little bit so I, I could turn off and I, and I find, you know, art, um, and, uh, and some forms of exercise and, and obviously some mindfulness practice, you know, are just, 
so great for because really it's all you can do is really focus on on that you know yeah. um it's really hard to to draw and have your mind wander i find you know like i find it really to be a task that's um really all consuming and um and does allow me to kind of quiet my brain um and and i find you know breath work and diaphragmic breathing to be have a similar impact so um yeah so i, I kind of adopted some of those practices you know kind of early in my, in my career and and i think that's what started me on this path of wow you know how impactful you know some of these behaviors that are kind of more under the psychological kind of realm how that actually impacts my physiology like i could start to see that there was like this really powerful connection and and that's what kind of got me off on just trying to figure out you know what is you know what are these adaptive capabilities right. you know that that we can control for that are really going to influence our our outcomes in terms of our attentional capacity and our motivation and our, um, you know, ability to have effective effort toward a task, you know, what does that actually look, what are the factors that actually influence that? And, you know, can we build a framework that, you know, a mental model that will help, you know, athletes and just individuals in general kind of understand how to think about their day that will help drive them toward, um, you know, that help them think about the process that will drive them toward their desired right. or intended results, you know? Right. So that's kind of after, um, you know, I graduated, that was like my next focus, you know, was kind of coaching, playing, and then performance science. Right. Um, and that's kind of uh, really where I got into it. And then, and then I ended up going into coaching and, yep. you know, was able to test and, uh, uh, you know, apply a lot of these principles that I had been studying and, and, you know, trying to myself, you know, use as an athlete. Um, and that was really, I think what was most fun about the journey coaching, um, you know, obviously the, all the national, all the conference championships and all the, yep. you know, in the national championship, that was amazing um, and a wonderful outcome. But I think it really was about getting into the weeds on, you know, what does this process actually look like for the student athletes? You know, what is that, what's this education going to be for them beyond just the skills and, and, and tactics and techniques that happen just with the sport? You know, what, what are, what else could we, we offer these, these student athletes? So that's kind of where we really started to formalize this education. Now, and I, like, again, thinking of your background, I think is such an important element in, in coaching. I mean, cause coaching, you know, like I'm a teacher, but I like, we use the term art coach because it's mm -hmm. that same coaches always deal with individuals teachers don't always deal with individuals. And I think that the way that you, and again, just from reading articles, uh, what they call you the John Wooden of field hockey. I think I read oh, some God. article. I read some, I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty damn good. Uh, compliment. But it is the number of conference championships. <laughs> I think is similar. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's what it was, but, but uh, I, yeah, I think that's where I draw. That's a hell of a, I actually met John Wooden a long time. He came to my high school a long time ago. Um, but I think that that, that ability to connect and what you bring, like thinking about particularly like college athletes just crave information. They crave wanting to be better. Not that professionals don't, but just it's, it's starting to like come to that point of like, I, I, I want to get whatever this is and to have a coach that comes from this world that is thinking about performance, not, not that you weren't thinking about wins and losses, but performance is like the top of the chart. Like that's like, that's a huge 
boost in in terms of like what a student athlete is is getting from from a coach i think yeah i mean i i, I definitely looked at it through that lens a hundred percent you know it was it was um you know it's just such a responsibility you know you have student athletes who you know um I guess the the default for me is always like everyone wants to like do the right thing and be good and you know and 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 optimize their potential and it's just but but folks need a path right they need to yeah. understand what that path looks like so that was really my only goal was to just provide a, a little bit of guidance on on what the path could look like and um, for a student athlete if if they're really interested in kind of um, you know, taking control of the factors that are going to influence, you know, their ability to perform to their potential, you know, yeah. if, if that's in fact what your goal is, you know? And it's um, hard. I mean, like, again, like I, I got redshirted my only year I played and yeah. And it's tough. I mean, it's cause you know, yeah. like it's the first time, like I, you know, hindsight, like I could have been drafted and I wish that's what I would have done, but I wouldn't be here now. Like, there, like there's all these weird yeah. things, but there's always trade offs. You know? Yeah. So this, you know, like this idea, like in, and when I work with student athletes here at Virginia Commonwealth, like I can bring that dynamic to them, that understanding of like these being a student athlete is tough. Like you wake up, like your day is built, blah, 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 you know, like, and it's done. And then, yeah. and so like having these, I think again, like going back to you as a coach, like somebody that can actually kind of understand and be able to have that dialogue about them, not the, 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 not that it's not goals oriented, but like the end point, like you're talking to them in real time, I think is like really important for a yeah. student athlete. I think too, like, you know, the real time, but also setting the stage and setting the expectations. I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, I, I work with a lot of our work with a lot of coaches and, and have in contact with a lot of different types of coaches. And, um, you know, it's interesting to me how there is a bit of a disconnect between the recruiting process and then the reality of, of what it actually yep. means and takes to be a successful student athlete. Yep. You know, so I think one of the things that we did really well is we were super explicit about, you know, Hey, this is, it's going to, you're, there's going to be excitement when you get in, you know, to a place like Princeton university, it's going to be exciting when you put on your uniform and then, but it is a grind mm -hmm. and it is, it's, hard and you have to understand what you're signing up for. It's you know, extra gonna, hard because it's an Ivy league school. <laughs> well, you've got that layer, no. you know, so you've got, yeah, an Ivy league school. We, we, you know, we're, we're aiming to, you know, really optimize our potential. I mean, that, that I said, Hey, you know, if, if that's not, if you're not interested in, in that kind of framework and that mentality um, and, and the, and the work that it's going to take to kind of get you to a place where you're really thriving in, in all aspects of your life, then this is probably not the place for you. Right. right. Um, because it's going to, it's hard, right. It's establishing that framework and those habits and those routines is it takes like, you know, intentional thought and, and you have to make choices. You know, there's the, we always kind of fall back on this principle of non-neutrality, you know, like yep. your, your behaviors are going to either kind of upgrade your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health, or, or they're not, you know, there's really no neutral actions. And I think when you start to look at your choices through that lens, it just makes things clearer in, yep. in my view, you know? And, and I think when we try to create this gray, I think that's where, you know, we maybe let ourselves off the hook. And um, again, it's all in terms of what you like, it's all about what you, what you want. Um, 
you know, so not to be judgmental, but I'm saying this, this is what our environment's after. Yeah. So. Yeah. But that, like, again, like you said, you're like laying down the baseline for it. So it's like, yeah. And they, then we they know what they're getting into. And, yep. and, and we wanted to attract the right, the folks who are, who kind of align with our values, yep. right. And kind of what we were after as a, as a program and, and, and the, you know, mission that we had as a university yep. and, you know, we were just trying to line that all up. So we were attracting um, folks into our environment who, um, you know, wanted that path, you right. know, and wanted to be on that path. Right. Quick break to remind everyone to check out whoop.com to see some of the incredible things they are doing. And do not forget to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, for free downloadable daily creative exercises. Now back to Kristen Holmes. A music box dancer spun around uneven planes. The whirlpool of life leaves you feeling kind of strange. Trip the Let, I mean, let's kind of like, like shift into a little bit of um, like the HRV stuff and a whoop. Yeah. Um, you, you start like, so you left the Princeton job to go to whoop, correct? Like in 2016, right. so, I believe. Is that what Yeah, okay. exactly. So yeah. Um, but yes. like, I, I'm always like explain, and, and this is like the stupidest thing, but explain explain HRV to somebody that hasn't like done anything like the most layman of, of terms, because like, to me, like what I think is interesting. And, and again, this is just from research. Like this is like something that people have like thought about since the 1700s, but it's correct. Like the first yeah. actual study that like there is actual yeah, in the variation. 70s, yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah. like, the real study of it started in the sixties, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Around infant. Yeah. Um, but mortality. to me, it's like, this is really just starting to gain traction in the last two years. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know when it, you know, again, like I'm only reading stuff like you're in it. I mean, is that, is that like a fair assessment? <laughs> that yeah. Was really so, I mean, I, so what, what drew me to, to whoop is, is I, I was actually, um, I think probably one of the first folks in the NC2A to actually adopt heart variability technology and, and right. apply it. Um, cool. so we were actually, yeah, so we, we had, um, some, some quite robust technology. Um, we were using uh, first beat, it's a Finnish company and, uh, you know, chest strap. So we were monitoring yeah. in game, um, in, in game and in practice kind of training effect. So kind of what the, um, you know, effect of the training was having in real time on the athletes. So I was really very, very much into trying to uh, put some kind of scientific understanding in terms of how um, I was training my athletes and then what was that training doing to them. Right. So, um, so we used heart rate variability um, in that environment. This is a, almost a decade ago now. So, um, you know, um, <laughs> the the curve. we were using that to understand recovery, you know, right. so, so heart rate variability, um, is really a measure of um, how ready your body is to respond to environmental demands. Right. So any stimuli you're going to come across in your environment, um, your heart rate variability is a measure of how how adaptive you are. So um, it's a function of the heart, but it originates in the autonomic nervous system. Right. And your autonomic nervous system has two branches the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. 
and they're both competing to send signals to your heart. Right. The more recovered and the more ready you are to perform, the more responsive your heart will be to both inputs of the autonomic nervous system. Okay. So if I'm really highly recovered, I'm well hydrated, I'm well slept, I'm, you know, I'm eating well, I'm, you know, keeping my training in, in proportion with my capacity. Um, chances are you're going to have a lot of variability right. kind of in that interval of time between heartbeats. Okay. So that high var- variability is, is a good thing. That means you're really responsive to right. the, the, the demands of your environment. If you have a low, vi- if low variability means um, you're going to be less responsive. Um, and a lot of things can influence low variability. You know, it could be dehydration. It could be poor nutrition. It can be psychological stress. Um, it can be, you know, overtraining. Um, so heart rate variability is this wonderful, wonderful marker to kind of help you understand, um, your capacity, but also just how in general you're, um, adapting to your environment and in the demands in your environment, both, um, you know, both, both, both physical, um, as well as, um, mental, emotional, yeah. spiritual. And I think that's like one of the big things again, and I don't want to put time, but it's just, I never thought about stress when I was playing sports, you know? I mean, I really, I never did. Yeah. Like, it was just like, okay, I, I was, you know, like when I was playing football, I got punished or whatever and like got hit baseball it's like when you strike out like you know you're you're pissed off for a minute or whatever but you don't think yep. about those things affecting you know like coaches sometimes say well don't let the don't let your last at, at bat like don't take it to the field but you don't think about it and now to me it's like right. that we're really like you said earlier like the science is catching up to w- what we are as humans almost yeah um, yeah it just gives us um just insight. You know, I I think a lot of times, like, there's just like, no need to really guess, you know, and and I think what can happen when you're trying to perform consistently at high levels, um, you know, what can happen is you, you know, you're, you don't, if you don't understand the factors that are actually going to influence your performance, then it's hard to know where to start, right? right? So you kind of, from a performance education standpoint, and this is always my contention is, okay, where do we start? What are the things that are most influential to our performance, right? So let's wrestle that to the ground. Let's, let's develop routines and habits to make sure that we're checking those boxes. And then we use, you know, a metric like heart rate variability and, you know, sleep is kind of, you know, foundationally, like probably the most, most influential thing that we can do to kind of help our ability to adapt to circumstances. But, um, you know, we use heart rate variability as a measure to understand how we're kind of managing those factors that are influencing our performance. Right. You know, and, and that's, um, it's just a great way to know um, if you need to ask, you know, deeper questions of your behaviors, right? Because if your heart rate variability is suppressed relative to your baseline, that means, okay, something's probably a little bit off, you know, and gosh, okay, I'm, you know, drinking a lot of water during the day, I'm staying hydrated, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm meeting sleep, my sleep need, you know, I, I feel refreshed and, you know, relatively energized, you know, um, okay, maybe it's my, my training, maybe I'm overtraining a little bit, you know, I'm, you know, you can start to kind of, um, you know, check the boxes. <laughs> yeah. And, in in kind of process of, you know, deduction, understand, you know, where things might be off. So, yeah. So HRV is just a really powerful, powerful marker. No, um, it's, it's again, like it's something that I, I literally within the last two years of like started really understanding 
and you know to work with a doctor that that's his prime focus is to yeah. you know like so I start understanding it more and it's just like whoa this yeah like, it is just I mean it's crazy to me like that weird I, I just feel like growing up it, as an athlete like I, I, we, know. I knew nothing I know nothing. it is the, literally the best estimator of your mental <laughs> and physical wellness like it's just it is crazy like um and I you know I'll be in in a room full of like cardiologists and they're not really even sure like what exactly you know why are we why do we care about HRV you know well and that's what I mean like that's why I think that that, yeah. that explanation to like even dumbing down to me but just like this is like like you said, it's, it's, it's such an important marker for us in just at wellness. Like that's like, for me, like that's yeah. boom, that's cross the board for everybody. Yeah. And, and what's, what's great is you can, you can modify your heart right. variability, you know, and we see that on our platform all the time. You know, yeah. we see folks, they, they start to, a, a, you know, they, okay, what are the things that can really move the needle here? All right. We know, Diaphragmic breathing is going to be, it's really helpful. It's going to, you know, you're going to release acetylcholine, which is going to, you know, you know, reduce your heart rate, um, which is going to put you in a parasympathetic state, which yep. is important to balance, you know, out this, you know, the, the, the cortisol and all the other things that are yep. happening when you're in a, in a sympathetic activated yep. state. Um, you know, so there's things that you can do. There's behaviors you can adopt that will increase your variability. Um, and, and, and it will have a, 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 you know, a cascade of other effects too, that are really powerful. But, you know, like if you develop, you know, a breathing, you know, if you can incorporate or make a habit of, of breath work throughout the day, that's going to help with your sleep onset latency. It's going to help, um, you know, your, the amount of time it takes you to fall asleep. And that's been shown in studies. Um, you know, you'll spend more time in, in deeper stages of sleep. Um, you know, so there's, there's like a understanding, you know, what are these like really core behaviors that, that will help increase my adaptive capability, right? Which is really what heart rate variability, you know, kind of tells you at its core is your ability to adapt. Yep. So, you know, there are behaviors that we can do that improve our adaptive capabilities. Yeah. No, it's I, like, again, it's just, it's so, I mean, just to use the stupidest term, but it's so yeah. wild to me. Like it, it is it, wild. I mean, yeah. and, and in terms of just like thinking of like how it can affect us in terms of like diseases um, oh, and it's like, yeah. I mean, it's just like, again, like, you know, cause we like want to just force feed ourselves with, with drugs, you know, like this will protect you from the, and, you know, and it's just like, no, actually you can probably self-medicate by like, just taking care of yourself. I mean, no, it's you, like, you know, it, I know it's I know. so and it, against everything that we've been taught. And I, and I think this whole moment in time, you know, with, with COVID and, um, you know, looking at, you know, resilience and um, I think it's really shining a light on we need to to get at the behaviors. You know, it, it really, yep. health and wellness, it starts, you know, with the person you're looking at in the mirror every day, yep. you know, and, and I think it's getting, you know, education and resources to folks who don't have the knowledge and understanding, um, the agency to, to be able to, um, make the choices that are going to help their, their health and well being. But I, you know, I think if we're going to put resources behind anything, like, I, I think that's where we start, you know, um, cause we're seeing a disparity, um, you know, just socioeconomic, you know, when you look at the, the folks who are most vulnerable in this disease. And I think there's a real opportunity here to, to kind of finally, like, oh, I, the root cause. 100% agree. Like it's the, the, 
and it's been f interesting that my like my students, you know, these 19 through 21 year old, like they're really aware of the socioeconomic, thing. you know, like to the fact where when we have critiques online or something, they'll, they'll start talking about, well, blah, 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 you know, a, a, a celebrity, you know, like I'm just so I'm like sick and tired of like watching them complain about like having to be in quarantine and they're sitting by their pool and, and then like, yet I'm, I'm stuck in a house and all I have is beans and, you know, it's like, yeah. and, and they have to work, you know, it, it's, it's, I know. it's pretty crazy. Like, I mean, it's not surprising because it's been like this forever, but I think it, this in some strange way has really heightened the awareness of where we are as a society. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think that it feels, you know, um, yeah, it, it feels like everything is kind of amplified, you yeah. know, and and I think kind of shining a light in in a way that hopefully, you know, kind of moves moves folks to action, you know. Yeah. Who have some power. I'm an optimist, so I'm always I I'm very hopeful that we come out of this as better humans. So yeah. like that's the way I look at it. But um, well, I mean, this is a decent place we can stop. I mean, we, I guess we could talk a little bit about whoop because we didn't talk too much about, but, um, I mean, we talked about the general idea of, yeah, of it, yeah. but, um, like, it's really, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really, it, you know, it's a physiological monitoring device. Yeah. You wear it on your wrist. It's not a watch. It doesn't display anything. <laughs> um, we, I will often, so. the CEO founder is just yeah. like the best. He, you know, he's, yeah, he's like, it's, it's not a watch. It's a whoop. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just collecting, um, at a really high sample rate 24 seven. So just literally collecting every single heartbeat. And from that, we're able to, um, understand your cardiovascular load. So we kind of, um, you know, capture that in a strain metric on a scale. Of zero and I love 21. that. I love that you actually post all the time, your measurables, because I think, oh. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. cause I do think it's, it's helpful for, people to understand somebody's experience with it. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, I, like I was saying with who, uh, who had co um, Chris Cuomo who had COVID. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I want to know what this is like because, you know, and I know it's different from everybody, but everybody's heart rate variability or is different too. Yeah. It's like, for sure. but to understand right. and like see when you post, I think is, as an outsider, I think it's like really helpful to understand, like, and you talk about like I had nine hours of sleep last night. I was great. Like I feel, you know, like that, yeah, that yeah. is like important as, to, I don't want to say as a selling, uh, but as a tool, but uh, for people yeah, to understand. Under, understanding, you know, and I think too, in, in my position where I, you know, I'm, I'm um, interacting with a lot of, a lot of folks who are on the platform, like just also like practicing what you preach, I always felt it was really, really important. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think part of that is that data journey is like, okay, you know, these are like things that I'm just like you trying to, you know, incorporate some of the stuff in my life that I know is going to really upgrade um, my health and my wellness. And, um, and it's, holy cow, it's great when that actually is reflected in the metrics, right, right, you know, right. where you see an increase in heart rate, though you see a balance between, you know, kind of strain, which is the load you're putting on your body. Right. Um, and, and your recovery and, and recovery is, is really, um, you know, again, your capacity to take on um, mental and physical strain. And that's, you know, you, you, that populates in the morning and it's on a scale of zero to a hundred and it, it kind of loosely bucketed and, you know, green, yellow, red, and you kind of understand where you're at that day. And, yeah. 
what's cool is getting that in the morning is you can kind of, you know, if you are on the lower end, um, yeah, you might want to adapt your volume and intensity for that day. Um, whatever it is that you, you do, um, might just want to lessen, you know, kind of the volume and intensity. And, um, you know, if you do have a, a strong desire to train just psychologically, you feel like you need it. Okay. You know, really hit your, your water intake, your nutrition, um, maybe build in, if you didn't get the sleep that you needed that night, and that might be a reason why your recovery is a little lower, build in a nap. No. <laughs> um, See, I suck at naps. That's the problem. No, well, but even just like yeah. laying still for 20 minutes is awesome, you know? Um, but yeah, so recovery takes in, that's where we calculate heart rate variability during sleep, um, during slow sleep specifically, we, we capture your resting heart rate, we measure your resting heart rate. And then we also look at, um, you know, how much time you needed to spend in bed versus how much time you actually spent in bed. And that's kind of the algorithm that we put together that makes up our recovery. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's been proven out across like literally every discipline, which is really fun. Um, and then the final, uh, metric we track is your sleep and, um, which has also been validated by a third party. So we're looking at, you know, the time that you're spending in, in stages of sleep. So awake versus light versus REM versus slow wave sleep. And, um, what's really powerful about that is, you know, you can spend a lot of time in bed, but not wake up refreshed. Right. And I mean, how many folks yep. struggle with that? Right. Yep. Like, it's like, I spent nine hours in bed, but yep. you know, and it's like, you might be spending too much time in bed. So that could be a problem. <laughs> right. Um, but, but where we measure, you know, where we can tell you, okay, how of that time you spent in the bed, how, how much quality was that sleep? And that's where REM and sleep sleep understanding, you know, how much, what percentage of time you want that to be. Um, you know, you want half your time in bed to be in these deeper stages of sleep generally, you know, right, so right, you right. kind of get an estimate. And then the other thing that we track within sleep, that's really important is just consistency. Um, that's been correlated, you know, to a whole host of things, but in terms of, you know, aligning your circadian clock, you know, sleep wake timing is one of the most important anchors. So, um, you know, going to bed and waking up as consistently as possible will actually help you will, will, enable you to spend less time in bed and usually will push you toward a more quality, more efficient type of sleep. Right. So anyway, these are just some of the insights that, you know, no, no, I, like, I, I just, again, like I, I keep using the, the, the word fascinating, but, but I think it is. And I think what you guys are doing is it's, it's world changing stuff. Um, and again, like, this stuff's been around forever, but it just, it just feels like it's not, it's finally just getting to a point where people are like paying attention. I can definitely say that, that I think that's true. Just having been at the company for four years and really the first couple of years was like truly just, okay, this is what HRV is. You know, this is why sleep is important. You know, I, you know, one of the you know, with at Princeton, um, gosh, I felt like I was, you know, shouting from the, the mountaintops for, gosh, literally almost a decade, um, without anyone like listening, you know, um, just because it's so ingrained in the culture that, you know, um, sleep is for the week, you know, and, and all these just really idiotic kind of sentiments around, um, and again, I think COVID is actually bringing that point, like the importance of creativity, the importance of sleep, the, like all, like the importance of nutrition, like it's, oh my gosh. So I don't want to say it's hysterical, but it's like, it's just funny that like, people like are returning to, to, I don't want to say values, but returning to these things that we know are good. No, it's so true. I mean, just, I literally just took up drawing again, you know, and, and I'm like ordering some acrylic. Yeah, no, I mean, like I really, it's, you know, I, and I was, I, I 
posted about this other day, just this concept of just like silence and quiet and, you know, just getting some time back, you know, that I, I'm, you know, used to, I travel really heavy. Um, I commute, you know, I, I do, you know, and, and that all just takes time. Right. So I kind of find myself in this moment where I've got this, a little extra time, you know, where I can, I, and I can feel the desire to be creative. Like I have the bandwidth to actually like, <laughs> like be creative, yep. you know, um, which is you know a little <laughs> bad, but um, no. it's just the truth. But yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, Anyway, thank like thank you so much. I'm like really gonna look forward to uh, having you on the abstract dog. I love your dog back there, by the way. Oh, um, Winston. Yeah, um, he's like literally in every the, Zoom, my, my, every video. <laughs> my dog is named Shay. She's sitting outside staring at me. Um, oh. a, after Shay Stadium, I'm a Met fan, unfortunately. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know, I know. Um, but like, yeah, we'll look, look forward to boys on the on the Mets. Oh, really? Next, oh yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Then yep. we connection. Um, yeah. But now we'll look forward to having you on like the abstract doctors, because I think again, to be able to get a little bit more into the weeds on, on the, the HIV, yeah. but I think really it's fun. just good. Like, I think it's just good to like get it out there and like, let people know like how important this stuff is and, the, yep. and, and, and the technology. And I, again, I think what you guys are doing is just like so important and, and really truly world changing stuff. So well, I will, I will say the same thing about the work that you're doing. Well, you know? That's why and we're going to keep crossing paths and working together and doing stuff. So I hope so. Um, so thank so, you for your work. Thank you. Thank you. Well, ditto. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much again to Kristen Holmes for taking the time to jump on today. Really some fascinating things that Whoop is doing. And again, please go check them out at whoop.com. Music today was provided by the band Common Ground, which actually features one of her former, super talented former student athletes. And another one of them actually played soccer at Princeton. And you can find them on iTunes and Bandcamp. Really, really some great music. So go check them out. As always, we appreciate everyone listening to the Abstract Athlete podcast. And again, stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and other social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information. See you soon. As our next podcast, we will be talking with new author of the book, Chosen Suffering, former University of Iowa wrestler and national championship head wrestling coach at the Ohio State University, Tom Ryan. It is also a special podcast as it will be co-hosted with Dr. Ron Garbo. And the reason for that is we are excited to announce the launch of a second podcast called The Abstract Doctors with Dr. Ron Garbo and Dr. David Sifu. And you can find information on that at theabstractdoctors.com. And it can also be found on Facebook and Instagram. So we're really kind of looking forward to all that stuff. Thanks again, as always. And don't forget to exercise the body and exercise the mind. Stay well out there.